Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Leamington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Today, guest with us today and it's great to see you. Feel, yeah, I hope you feel welcome with us today. Today we're looking at part two of our series called Location, Location, Location. And it will come up on the screens. And uh, because your location matters. And we're looking over three weeks at three locations that affect all of our lives. Um, and where we do life matters, doesn't it? We looked last week at the, the place of worship. Um, the place, remember the key thing was, um, we don't go to church. We are the church. And that makes all the difference. Church traditions have... We've ingrained in our culture and our language say we're going to church, but that's not the truth, because the truth is we are the body of Christ. We are the church. We go to a, a church building, a church centre. We have a church service. We gather together in the name of Jesus, but we are the church, the church of Jesus Christ. So we looked at that um, last week. And today I want to look at the subject of the second place, the place of residence. The place of residence. And um, the residence is a place where you and I live, isn't it? It's where we do life. Our homes, our houses, our households. Many different phrases for it. Um, in the Bible, when it talks about a house, a home, a household, it's either talking about the physical dwelling or it's talking about um, the people that live in a place of residence, the, the home, the family unit. Obviously, in the Bible times, the family unit was very much larger than in our times today. It would include um, family unit and in servants, in some situations, slaves. So it was a very different context sometimes for us today. But it was the place where we dwell, the place where you and I can be ourselves. The place where we can, there's an expression, isn't there? There's being here, there's expression, make a house a home. There's something different from when something's a home, homely, it feels warm, doesn't it? And it's a place of relationships, a place where we do life with perhaps other people or perhaps we want us by ourselves. And I've got just a, a few thoughts about when I was growing up. See, I was growing up with my mum, my dad, and my older brother by two years, nine months. And uh, I've said this before, I'm sure, but um, my mum used to do the most of the telling off. If there was telling off to be done, it was mum. Dad would be working, mum would be looking after the home mostly um, and looking after her two sons. And we weren't that wild, not really. But there was times when she had to give us a <laughs> little cuff, come on, you know. And uh, if we were quite bad, she would sometimes get out the slipper Ooh. But if we were really bad, she would abdicate responsibility and say, right, wait till your father gets home. We'd be scared. We'd be scared at that point. And then if she told, told my dad, my dad would be, yeah, my dad didn't really do getting cross. He would, he would demonstrate it. And it almost like he'd come out with a plethora of um, different um, utilities to instill punishment. One of them was a shoe, and boy, did that hurt. So if we were really, really naughty, I would get the, the shoe on the bottom, and it would really hurt. But if we were extra, extra, extra naughty, occasionally we'd come out a belt. You can't talk like this today, can you? <laughs> so, and, and what my dad would always say to me, he'd always say these words, they ring through my ears today. Son, this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, didn't do me any harm, a bit of, a bit of, of punishment at home. And um, yeah, that's growing up with, with my family. And, uh, and you grow on in life, don't you? And you get older. I left family home. I've lived in different um, locations, different places. I've li- lived in typical what we call lads pads. I've li- shared houses with just lads. And some of them have been horrendous. I've seen, girl- I've seen places where girls live, and some of them have been even more horrendous than where I've lived. But this one particular occasion, I think I was starting to date Leanne at this time, and lived in a shared a house with three other lads. And, um, and I was the clean one. And it was, horrend- it was horrendous. It was, oh. And it's, to tell you the truth, when Leanne would come and visit, she'd come and she'd bring a plastic Asda bag. So when she sat on the sofa, she'd sit on the plastic bag first. I said, it's not that bad. <laughs> but she was taking no chances, no risks. Differences in, in, in growing up. Um, we got married. We got married. And, uh, you know, obviously the perfect marriage. Anyone else with us on that one? No, no such thing as a perfect marriage. Okay. But, you know, and you have these struggles in married life, don't you? Of course, no one else here has, ever has an argument with their loved ones, do they? No. It's just, yeah, just me and Pat. Okay. You know, and, uh, and when you're from different backgrounds and you come together in married life or, uh, and just come together, it's just, it's just diff- different and it's challenging. Different ways of being brought up. You know, little arguments from the, the toothpaste being left, leaving that off. And for me, I'm saying, Liam, put the toothpaste cap on. And, and different things, little petty things can come in and, and arguments. I remember one time, a few years ago, this is before we had children. We were going to church. No, we were going to a church service. And um, on the way there, in the car, Leanne and I were married and, and we just started arguing. Of course, that never happens to anyone here. Start arguing, and so much so. And normally, you sort of you, you can sort it out, and but um, it actually, we went into the building. You put on that smiley face, don't you? You go to the door, the greeter say hi, how are you? Good to see you, and yeah, great, you know. And inside, you just know you, you're just not right with each other. You don't want to be there because you're pulling out. Actually, we both end up walking out the building to 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 make it right. I remember on our honeymoon, we were went to Malta. And we were in office, we got married on the 27th of March, so it was out of season. So when it, was, it was fairly cheap, and we uh, went to, uh, to Malta, and we've, we were lot gathered mostly by, not by young families, but people that were, were older in years. And we were sort of lovey-dovey, we were at the tables holding hands, as you do, we just married, and, and, um, and we found ourselves sort of mixing with different people of different ages, older than us. So we made a, a point, we'd ask them, each time we saw, met some people, Okay, we're newlyweds. What um, advice can you give for us as newlyweds? And do you know what? I think almost every person we asked, we didn't know whether they were, they were Christians or not Christians, we don't know. And every person we asked said, don't let the sun go down when you're still angry with each other. Now, I think that's found in the Bible, isn't it? But they were saying that, and we thought, wow, that's really, really good advice. Have we always lived that? No. Have we tried to? At times, yes. But really, really good advice. And so, coming together, marriage can be hard and difficult. And then we've got the story of kids. If you're here today and you have children, you've done exceptionally well. Well done. I think we can give you an applause for that. 
coming to a Sunday service when you've got children is difficult. It can be horrendous. Kids have got this built-in radar, I'm sure you'll agree, that when you are stressed or when you're anxious or when you've got a lot on your plate, kids can detect it. And do they think, Mummy, Daddy, can we help out today? No, no. There's, at that time, when you least want it, least need it, least, that's when they decide to kick off and, oh, it can be horrendous. And often it's either getting, getting to, to, to a church service or it's going somewhere where you're, you're late or whatever, and it can be horrendous. And it's all part of, of the home. And uh, so the place where we do life, our home, is an important place. You know, maybe you're here today and you live by yourself. Maybe you desire one day to, to get married. You have aspirations to one day find a partner and, and do life with someone else. An amazing, amazing aspiration. Maybe you're here and you live by yourself because maybe your partner that you had has passed away to be with the Lord or, or difficult situations. But you're still part of a family. You've got wider family, wider friends. You are part of a neighborhood. Maybe we're, we've got stress. Maybe we go to work every single day and maybe there's some situations at work and that stress, we take it into the family home. And sometimes, isn't it true, that sometimes we take it out on our, those nearest to us because we can be ourselves. Warts and all people see us at home as we really are and we might take it out, maybe stress, anxiety on those closest to us. Maybe you're in a season where you just seem to be having arguments. Let's be honest, we do have seasons where we have arguments. Seasons where those closest to us, maybe we, we argue with the kids, we take it out on the kids, or maybe with whoever's at home, we, we take it out with people at home. We just, have, we just don't get on sometimes. One of the, uh, in the top ten reasons for people of getting a divorce, some of those reasons are for perhaps... Um, lack of communication, communication breakdown. Perhaps they, they've fallen out of love is in the top 10. Perhaps there's issues of personality, so people not taking their responsibilities in the home. Perhaps there's issues of just growing out of love. There's different reasons why people might get a divorce. And today, I want to talk about the home. And I want to be straight today. Not that I'm not straight every week. And some of this stuff, so I wanted to say, say at the outset, is if, if you can hear some stuff today that can help you in your place of residence, the home, wouldn't you want to know about it? But what I'm going to talk into is for those of us today that have a faith in Jesus Christ. So if you haven't yet got a faith in Jesus Christ, you're off the hook this morning. I'm talking to people here today who've got a faith in Jesus. Because when we hear about what the Bible has to say, it pulls no punches. And it gives us a straight challenge that affects our home life. Are you ready for it today? Location, 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 part two, the place of residence. Turn in your Bibles with, with me, please, to Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 15. See, Paul said, and I'm not just talking to people today who are, who are married or who have children, but I'm looking at the home. But Paul said, and Paul was single, and Paul wished, he said, being, being single is a gift from God. And I first read that, and I started to panic when I, when I was single. 
Because I thought, God, you're not telling me I'm going to be single, are you? You don't want me to be single. Because obviously it was a desire in my life to not be single, to be married. And Paul said in, in Corinthians that being single is a gift from God. But it's not everyone's gift. But he, he wished that some would be single. Why? Because when you're, when you're single, there's more time in our relationship with Jesus. I don't know if you can remember back to maybe those times when you were single and you were a Christian, if, that, if that's you today. Did you ever feel that you had more time for Jesus? So Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 to 17. And Paul's writing this. He wrote this letter to uh, the people of Ephesus, but it's thought it was a circular letter. And he writes, be very careful. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Paul's saying, you know, really take note here. I want you to be full of wisdom about how you live your life. Make the most of every opportunity. Or as another version says, redeem the time. When you redeem something, you pay something for something and you get something back in return. You give something to get something back. And Paul's saying, give something. To, to, to do your life well, give something. It involves giving. Make the most of every opportunity. Seize every opportunity that comes your way. Because the days are evil. He's not being pessimistic there. He's not saying, oh, it's doom and gloom. But temptations all around us in every different way. Temptations all around us. Not because you're particularly worse, more worse than someone else next to you, but because just temptation and we are, we are accustomed to temptation. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. So God wants us, as Christians today, to understand what his will is for us in our place of residence called the home. He wants us to fully understand, fully be alert to it, be careful to apply what we're going to know about this. Understand what the Lord's will is. Verse 21, submit. Everyone say, submit. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And there is a, a key there, because in the early church, everything was very new. And so the people had issues and thoughts about, well, what do I do about this? My, found, my newfound faith in Jesus Christ, what do I do about it? Do I, mean, do I need to submit to government? How do I work it out in the home? How do I work it out in the workplace? How do I work it out? And, and Paul here is addressing it, as does Peter address it to, in 1 Peter. The key word is submit. We submit to government, to local authorities, to the police. And here... Paul is writing, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And there we find the context, the rest of the passage, about what it's all about. If you take nothing home today, take home this. That submission is your position for God's help in your home. Submission is your position for God's help in your home. Because the word submit actually means you making a choice to come under a position or come under an arrangement. That's what the word submit means, to come under an arrangement or come under a position. So submission is your position for God's help in your home. And God has laid out in Scripture for us who are, have a relationship with Jesus Christ certain position, certain lines of authority. If we abide by that and live our life by that, then we can know God's help and God's blessing in our home. Sometimes we say, God, would you help us? Would you help me? 
but maybe we're not in alignment with what God has set out in Scripture. And what we're going to read now is very, very challenging because we're living in a culture which is speaking differently to the words of Scripture. So either we live by our culture or we live by what the Bible says. Submission is your position for God's help in your home. So let's carry on. Verse 21. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. Wow. So that in itself is really, really challenging. Wives, submit to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. Well, the first thing it's saying is, first of all, we submit as Christians to Jesus. We submit or give our lives to Jesus. Say, Lord... Jesus, I live my life for you. And if we really mean that from the heart, it means whatever you want, I want to do in life. Isn't that true? It's not, I'll submit this part. It's whatever you want, I'll submit to. If we mean it. So, so Paul's writing to wives, first of all. Submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. To wives, encourage you to let's live a life where we're submitted to Jesus but we've got to submit ourselves to our own husbands what does that mean for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church his body of which he is the savior Paul is writing head see in in scripture Paul uses the, the image of the body of Christ the church is the body of Christ and that Jesus Christ is the head the head in terms of that similar image, head and body, but also head meaning authority. And Paul is writing, the husband is the authority of the household. And this is where we come into, because our, our, our culture is teaching, well, women have equal rights. Well, this is not talking about rights, but it's talking about biblical authority. That the husband has the biblical authority over the household. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in some things. In everything. Wow. In everything. But what about if your your husband isn't yet a Christian? Do I need to submit to my husband who's not yet a Christian? Well, Peter expounds this a bit more and he says, well, if you do, by your conduct and by you submitting to Christ and looking after what's internal to you, your beauty on the inside, that that will be such an example that maybe by your example, you may win your husband over to a relationship with Jesus Christ. Wives, submit to husbands in everything. It's challenging, isn't it? So maybe if we're, if we're a woman here today and we live by ourselves, maybe you think, thank goodness for that. <laughs> I'm off the hook. It's a challenge. Men, you've gone quiet on me. You know what's coming. So who thinks that's a challenge? Wives, who thinks that's a challenge? It is a challenge. Because... 
what it is, it, and I'm speaking from my own experience, we, we battle for control in the home. We can battle. When we're perhaps not submitting to Christ fully, it can be little arguments that come, and then someone wants their own way, etc., etc. And the reality is this is not talking about a do-as-I-say model. Because when we're both, husband and wife, are submitted to Christ, there's a pulling in the right direction, in the same direction. And actually, although the husband might provide the the authority and the covering, actually, it's a two-way street. But men, husbands love your wives. Oh, I can do that. I love you, dear. Here's a bunch of flowers. No, no, no. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Wow. If I read no more, that is a challenge to husbands in the room here. Husbands means to love your wife. means to give more preference to your wife. To give preference to your wife. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up, Christ gave up all his rights He had full rights to be a king. He had full rights to live a life. And he didn't have to to die. Although that was the plan of God, his father. He didn't have to. But he gave up his rights to die. And he gave his body up. Husbands, Paul is writing that we need to give up our rights to prefer our wife. To love our wife. Not to say I love you in emotion, but to really prefer her. To make her uh, holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. Challenging. It's easy to, well, I say it's easy. It's easy to love yourself. Well, I'm not talking about necessarily from a prideful, oh, look how good I am, but even just looking after your own needs, a little bit of selfishness. Because we're all deeply selfish, innately. It's just easy to look after ourselves. But here, Paul is teaching to love our wives as our own bodies. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. And he says, uh, he, he repeats from Genesis, For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So husbands, if we love our wives as our own body, essentially, as husband and wife, we are one flesh. So by loving, giving preference to our wife, we're loving ourselves. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. It's easy to respect someone, isn't it, when, you, when someone's doing good to you. It's, you, know, you. You earn respect, is the phrase we often use. And it's a challenge. If someone's not doing good to you, how do you respect them? But the reality is, as a husband loves his wife, there'll be a natural respect flowing from the wife to the husband, and the two are in kilter with one another. So in the, in the, in the marital home, Husband and wife, it's a challenge. Wives, we've got to submit. Husbands, 
you got to love as your own body. I wonder which is hardest. And then we've got in the, in, in the home, we've got this, 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 the topic then turn, changes in, in chapter 6 to children. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. <laughs> often say that to our, our kids. Obey! <laughs> I'm giving you an instruction now. Says he, he then repeats um, from the Old Testament, Honour your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. And the promise is so that it may go well with you, that you may enjoy long life on earth. I think we say that to Daniel sometimes. But um, children obey your parents. Now here the word children means, because sometimes you think, well, what do, I, I mean, I'm a child in the sense that I've got parents. Is this talking to me? Well, there's, there's a school of thought that says, well, children here is those that are dependent on their parents. So perhaps those children that are living in the family home that are dependent on their parents to live. In that case, it's obey your parents. But when you get older and there's no longer a dependence to live, then that's when obviously there becomes an independence. And that's a natural part of, of growing up. But children that are dependent, it's about obeying your parents. But definitely all children are called, all of us that have parents, are called to honour our fathers and mothers. That means to place value upon our fathers and mothers. Honour them. And it's a verb. Something you do with your mouth and with your actions. Looking after our fathers and mothers. And it says in verse 4 there, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And it's hard. And I'll, I'll expand that one to fathers and mothers. When we bring up our children, we can, we can exasperate them. We can keep saying, do this, do this, do this. And, and that can be hard going, can't it? But fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction. And that means looking out for opportunities. At the, at the start, as Paul wrote, be careful. Look for opportunities. Redeem the time. So look for opportunities to teach them how to live. Look for opportunities to teach them how to live. If you aspire to be, a, to be married one day, if you aspire to be a parent one day, you can be fast-tracked by learning these principles even now. That when we become parents, it's about understanding to look, give opportunities to our children. To bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. Wow. There's lots of, there's the, we're talking about the married life, we're talking about family life. But you may also be at home and you're by yourself, but you might be part of a wider family. Well, God is into the generations. Who's thankful for that? The generations. God is into that. And so you may not, we're talking about grandparents. We're talking about even in church life. You may not have any children here. But there are children here, and we are a family. And therefore, there could be opportunities for you to pass on to the family of things that you've learned and your experiences. Submission is the position for God's help in your home. When we submit, we're coming into alignment, our position, with what God has orchestrated, and it asks for God's blessing and help in our home. So when things are kicking off, what can you do about it? 
When things are not going right, when we're arguing and it's contentions, and maybe with children or family or even in your wider family, what can you do about it? Well, submission in your home means you need to understand it starts with you. It absolutely starts with you. And often we like to throw the blame at other people. But it starts with you. Take res- all we can do is take responsibility for ourselves. Do you know what? You can never change someone else. No matter how many hints you give, or you can never change someone else. And sometimes we want to change someone else. We have contentions because, come on, you need to do that. But that person's never really going to do that until they get an own sense of, I need to do this. So we can only ever change ourselves. And as Christians, people with a relationship with Jesus Christ, we need to start with being submitted to Jesus. What is Jesus telling you to do? Forget the people you're living with. What is Jesus asking you to do? Starts with you. Your relationship with Jesus and not the person you're married to or, or, or going out with or, or your wider family or your children. It starts with you. Submission at home means you need to pray. Ask God for help. Who needs help? We all need help. And do you know what? It's as basic as it sounds, but when we invite Jesus in to our situations at home, God, would you help me? Would you, I invite you into this specific situation. I invite you into my marriage. I invite you to, although they may not see it now, I invite you to help my wife, Leanne, in what she's doing. I invite you. And when we give God an invitation to, to move in our, in, our, in our married lives, our family lives, it, it, God, just does, you know, God doesn't force his way. He works by invitation. And he's longing to help us. He's longing to give us wisdom. And he'll show you practical steps of how to live your life. But he's also longing to help. And as you pray for those that you love, maybe they've left your home, they're living elsewhere. But as you pray for them, God can move on their hearts. God can help them. God can intervene. But he's asking you, the one with the relationship with Jesus, to ask him, invite him into that situation. Maybe in your neighbourhood, maybe your, your, your neighbours, and you're thinking, they seem to be really struggling. They're not my family, but I live next door to them. Perhaps you want a quieter life. <laughs> maybe you hear a lot of noise the, through the, uh, the bricks. You can pray. Your home where you live, God wants to be a blessing in your street. But God will use you. And the faithful thing you can do is take responsibility, and you can invite God to pray in your neighbourhood. Maybe your neighbourhood has seen different situations and, and, and tough times, we can pray. You can pray. Thirdly, practice what you know. See, sometimes the praying is the easy part. God, would you help? The hard part is practicing, putting into action what you know to do. So wives, the Bible says, submit. Position yourself under God's authority in your home which is your husband's. Talk, bless, nurture, respect, but submit. And that's a challenge, isn't it? That's a challenge. But if you decide to do that, wives, if you decide to do that, like Peter says, something happens in your spouse. Something happens in your partner 
when you start to model what Christ is to you to do, you may just see a change in the lives of your loved ones. You can't change your loved ones. You can only change yourself. But when we put God's principles into practice, change happens. And our loved ones around us change. Sometimes Leanne's just been praying for me. Sometimes she, she'll tell me something and I'm, I won't listen. My shackle, you know. Sometimes she just prays. I know she's been praying. And I've changed. Wives, we're under godly authority. Your husband. Submit and see what change happens. Husbands, love, love, love. Not the emotions. We're not talking about eros. We're talking about agape love. A love that says, I prefer my wife. I'm going to meet her needs. I'm going to love her as I do my own body. Wow. So sometimes we can get so caught up in just life. We forget this. But when we put that into practice, wow, you will see your loved one just growing in respect for you and loving you more as you change yourself, as you make a decision to love your wife, your loved one. Bring up our children, looking for opportunities. It's so easy, as and I speak from experience, when you see your, your, your children do something wrong, to, to get, come down on them a ton of bricks. You know, oh, that's naughty, you do that. And sometimes that needs to happen. But looking for opportunities out of the heat of the moment to say, look, you know what you did there? That was wrong, wasn't it? Why was it wrong? And looking at learning points to train them up in the ways of God. And we know that as children grow up at different ages, the bit past the way as parents we look, at, look after them and deal with them, it changes too. Perhaps more of a coaching, looking, lo- loving from a distance. But you're still there. Your children. Perhaps your grandchildren. Perhaps those closely that don't live in the family home. Put it in practice. As a church family, I've already said this. You know, we're full of uh, multi-generational. I love that. Absolutely love that. So, rather than seeing, let's see, not that you do, but a children's a nuisance, you can look at opportunities to, to encourage a child. Maybe you can invite a family to your home. Maybe you, you're at home by yourself. You can invite someone to your home for a meal. Get to know and, and do life with people. Do you know what? We're a family, and family's about relationships. Sometimes we keep ourselves to ourselves, but let's be invitation. Let's invite people. Let's build relationships. Let's pass on the wealth of experience that we have in this room. Absolute wealth. You need, you know, some of you, and I talked to some of the, some, uh, the older, older ones here today, you've been through so much in your lives that you can pass that on. Pass that on. And finally, practice and then passing on experiences to others. Submission in your home means to understand it starts with you. You need to pray, practice what you know. That starts with your relationship with Jesus and pass on your experiences to others. Submission is your position for God's help in your home. Who wants God's help in their home? We all do. We all do. But it's about aligning ourselves with God's, positioning ourselves under God's authority. Doing what the Bible says to do. 
and you will know a blessing. This is counter-cultural teaching. Because the, the, the culture today says about, talk about rights. But the great thing is about Jesus, is Jesus was counter-cultural 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years ago, women had no rights. But Jesus spent time with women. He included women in his teaching. Wow. Absolutely. In this church, we believe in, in that, that women can also be in leadership. So this is not a talk about a, this is not a gender thing. It's talking about what does God's word say? How can we live out our word and see change in our lives? Amen. Submission is your position for God's help in your home. Let's pray. You know, God wants your home to be an absolute place of blessing for you. Your family, people that come to visit, your friends, your neighbours. And the home is, a, is representative of just of relationships and doing life well. A place of, of warmth, a place can be a place of conflict when we get things out of kilter and just life comes upon us. But God wants you, if you're a Christian here today, to take a hold of these principles, to live them out and to continue living them out. Sometimes we, we, we've lived them out and sometimes we forget about them. But God wants your home to be a home of blessing. And I want to pray with you right now. Because there's nothing more that the devil would want to do is to rob, rob the, the, the home of the relationships. We cause marriages to break, break down into divorce, separation and difficulty, to break down the family unit. But God wants to build up the family unit. God wants to put a hedge of protection around our families, our, our relationships. Even if you're here by yourself and you, and you live alone, God wants your home to be a blessing to other people as you open up the front doors and to be a blessing to your neighborhood and to your friends and to perhaps your wider family. So I want to pray with you this morning. And I pray, Lord, this morning that, first of all, you protect our homes. Lord, our homes that could be a source of attack from tensions and stresses and life. And I pray for every single home that is represented here today. I pray that you would protect it in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord, for wisdom to come. I pray, Lord, where there's been, perhaps been some tensions and some conflicts, as is natural in marital life, in just doing life. I pray that, Lord, you'd cause your people this morning to be able to say, look, I can put this into practice. I can do something with this. There's something I can do. I can take a next step with this. And I can learn maybe even to, to be submissive. I can learn even to love my partner as I even love myself. I can learn to, rather than take it out on my kids, that to look for, to teach them, to grow them up. I can look to, to teach the children in this church about the ways of God. And I can look to pass on my experiences to younger people in this church. Lord, I pray that we will be a church of all generations that know what it is to do family life well. Lord, that know what it is in the, even in the tensions of life that we can be vulnerable with each other and say, I'm struggling in this area. That we can come alongside each other, put a, 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 an arm around our shoulders and to pray and to believe for better days ahead. So I pray your protection upon every family home here. I pray for your help. I pray for your wisdom. And I pray that we would, for each home, we're to redeem the time Make wise choices about how we live our lives. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. 
We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.